Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Dude, welcome to Casa Podcast. Fountains. Fountains. <laughs> fountains, fountains, no drains. Just wait till tomorrow. I got a fountains article coming out. Nice. So, uh, Nate Smith, Evil Genius, Tom Pestak just watched a. I wouldn't call it dismantling, but a definite. Don't call uh, it a comeback. Definitely an impressive win against. The Thunder, one of the hottest teams in the NBA in the last uh, month or so. Uh, and and EG right now, as we speak, is looking oh, at the I ranking. Oh, I got it. Okay. So the last two games, right? The last two games, the Cleveland Cavaliers, a team that was just basically reconstructed with, I want to say four, but it's really five new guys because Chetty, Chetty didn't play, right? In the last two games against the number one and the defense. number five defense. Both on the road. Both on the road. Both on, both on the road. TV. 
both on national TV, where we know the Cavs were notoriously like 0-9 since Christmas yeah. Day. Yeah. They just dropped 120 points on both of these teams and held and held them below the, like they scored they 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 basically have the 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 record for the year scoring points on these teams in their buildings. Yeah, back to back. With with five new guys. It's ins- I mean, I don't know we can fully appreciate what that means. It means that the Cavs problem was so much deeper than analytically driven, you know, individual rankings. And this idea that, oh my gosh, you lost this like high ceiling player in Isaiah Thomas, and now what are you going to do? It's like, <laughs> dude, look at this game, right? This game is the perfect example of this big three paradigm, which is, in my opinion, not the, the most important thing in the world in terms of constructing a championship. On the one side, you've got a legit big three. Plus, you had Steven Adams tonight go off and no bench whatsoever. And on the Cavs side, you're, other than LeBron, your starting lineup was a bunch of role players and four guys on your bench scored in double figures. That that depth is what – that depth plus LeBron, guys knowing their role, playing with LeBron is what dropped 120 points. I mean I- – I don't By know the way, times, before don't we move know. off of that, before we move off of that, comment of the year from Bobby Nachos on the previous thread. Dude, I love Bobby Nachos. Ceiling, the ceiling is always higher when you're five foot two. Absolutely. Dude, and here's the other thing. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? Yeah. So I just want to read you the Cavs points by quarter since the new acquisition started playing. Okay. Are you ready? Yep. 31. Pencil's ready. 31. 33. 31. 26. And if you recall, that entire quarter was garbage time. Yep. Uh, And let me go to today's game. 29. 33. 29. 29. Like, can you get more consistent? This goes back to Nate's comment. The Cavs just come in waves. Yeah, no, you could see it tonight. You could see it that the beginning of the game, Oklahoma City had all the energy. I mean, they Stephen Adams just couldn't. They couldn't keep Stephen Adams off the boards. They couldn't keep Russ Westbrook from running at him. The problem is when you've got five guys and the Cavs have ten. They just soon to be eleven. Soon to be eleven. <laughs> Oklahoma City was just. They didn't have an answer for the for them. In the I mean, they're used to resting. You know, getting a lull when their starters go to the bench and, you know, their own bench just kind of protects the lead. And the Cavs just blew the doors off them when the bench came in in the first half and the second half. And then they rode that bench lineup all the way to the end of the game with LeBron. I mean, it was <laughs> it was ridiculous. And and the funny thing was, is somebody said on the live thread uh, that. They were uh, they were actually dragging LeBron up and down the court like he was slowing them down. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, they when when LeBron was out, um, when LeBron was out to to start the uh, you know, but really, really both, but the second and the fourth, these guys just they made runs and you know for look, Jordan Clarkson is not always going to make these shots that he's making right now. 
and there are going to be games where we're going to be like, ah, oh, Jordan, don't do that. Like that pull-up three when they just got the ball back and a new shot clock, but it went in. And that crazy off-balance shot in the paint that he just tossed up there went in. Like he had one one jack towards the end in the fourth that they he you know he shot at a, a corner three early in the shot clock, and they they probably should have milked the clock more there. But yeah. Well, the other right one now, I thought when he's Larry really Nance... making. Oh, sorry. Good. Oh, I thought when Larry Nance knocked that out and he took that shot at the top of the key, there was about like one minute. Yeah. And fifty someone. I was like, no, 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 work the clock, and then he just switched it. Just <laughs> try, yeah, drain it. But that's just it. Like people talk about the Cavs not having that that dangerous second player, that Kyrie, that that you know can get his shots or whatever. I gotta say, if you add Jordan Clarkson and Rodney Hood together. You've got that player. Oh, absolutely. And then uh, here's here's the way I look at it. The Cavs would have won the title three years ago if Delhi wouldn't have gotten cramps. And that <laughs> that that I'm serious. They were up three two. They had all the momentum, and then Delhi became literally a shell of himself after being on podium three out of the last four games. And it just was too much, right? It was like, okay, you lost Love, you lost Kyrie. You know, you know, Shumper uh, was dealing with a groin issue. Um, I don't know if Jr. was hobbling around or not, but at that point, it was like LeBron plus TT, you know, and and, that, and then Delhi just fell off a cliff, and it was just it just wasn't enough. Now yeah. that that wasn't a Warriors team that had Kevin Durant, but I'm just saying LeBron. This idea that like LeBron or anyone can't win with a really well balanced team. Is just in my mind not I don't yeah. I don't agree with it and it's not like the guys the Cavs got are pure role players they're going to be role players on this team that's not yeah. to say that you know Rodney Hood looked maybe a little out of his element trying to be the go to scorer as the guy coming off the bench along yeah. with Jordan Clarkson if if he his shot isn't going the Cavs don't need it look at tonight Kyle Korver had 30 points two games ago he had zero points tonight maybe the next night Kyle Korver is going to drop 20 points I mean they but Korver have... had but Korver's gravity he got, got him a, he had a couple of really good steals he had a couple of really good assists another one of those like get you know two-man buckets with uh with Nance and Jeff Green I mean, Jeff well, Green got well, a couple listen, listen trips to, to the line listen to this Clarkson, so this is just Clarkson, Hood, Green, and Nance had a 123 offensive rating, a 78.7 defensive rating, a 44.3 net rating in 17 minutes. Yeah, that's domination. Oh, yeah. That's insane. That is insane. And the funny thing is LeBron played 40 minutes, and I really felt like he didn't need to. You know what I mean? Like, I, I almost felt like, you know, cut five minutes off that, and well, I think they had to because they the the um, Billy Don Billy Donovan put um, Paul George like immediately back into the game yeah, at, towards true. the beginning of the fourth, and then Adams was still in there too, and uh, and I think I think Russ came in shortly after, so they yeah, so they, I mean that's the reason why. And LeBron they, even had the juice to get a couple stops before crunch time. I mean, it was, oh, he, he had that great slap away on that mellow, on yeah. that mellow ISO. It was yeah, great. and he had a couple of really nice uh, defensive possessions against Paul George. Um, yep. All right. So here, here's my question to you guys: After LeBron, you know, who went off 14 to 23 from the field, eight rebounds, eight assists, although he did have five turnovers. Who do you give the game ball to? And I'll just Jordan Clarkson was had the best plus minus. He was plus 16 in 23 minutes. 
and he had four assists and only one turnover. Is that your guy? You're going with Larry Nance Jr. with the three blocks, plus minus a 14 in 24 minutes. Um, JR, I, I, JR was pretty JR, good. Too. JR was huge. Yeah, six and nine from three, 18 points. Who? Yeah, I mean, you, see, that's what I'm saying. Like, you don't you don't have to win basketball games by having like a big three. That is a model that has worked. And generally, it's worked better when that team had some depth as well. The right. big three model has not worked out as well when you have literally nothing after that. You like know, OKC. I mean, like OKC. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you look at and the like big Boston. three in um, Boston. They had Rondo. They had, you know, oh, you were about to say that, oh, weren't you, Tom? No, I was saying this year's Boston, I think, oh, is yeah. top heavy. It does not have that. That year's team had a lot of depth. They weren't even right. really a big three. I was arguing with someone about this. I was arguing with my buddy Dwayne about this. I was like, you know, at that at that time, two thousand eight, KG was still a superstar and Pierce was a superstar. Rondo was like a borderline. I'm sorry, Ray Allen was no longer a bona fide all star in my opinion. Although he did make the all star game that year, he was like a borderline all star. Yeah. And then Rondo, I think, was almost just as important that year to them as Ray Allen. And then they had a great bench. They got Eddie House coming in, not going to just add veterans like uh, B.J. Brown. Trick or treat, had, Tony uh, Allen. Tony Allen. They had, they uh, had Leon uh, Poe. Leon Poe, yeah, exactly. They had a really solid team, top to bottom. They had a James Posey. They had a really solid team, top yeah. to bottom. And, By the way, I think I think Adams got tired towards the end oh, because absolutely. he played 42 minutes. But here's a, here's this is, this is probably my favorite, other than what I just read to you, that, that, that net rating, which was insane off the charts. This is probably my favorite stat of the night, which is because it's it's bad at first because you're like, well, Stephen Adams, who is known for his offensive rebounding, well, he had 17 rebounds, 12 of them offensive in this game, but in 42 minutes. Larry Nance, in 25 minutes, had nine rebounds, eight of them offensive. That's nuts. Yeah. Oh, he was. Yeah. So he only had he only had four less offensive rebounds than Adams did in almost 20 minutes less. Actually, like 17 less minutes. Yeah. Yeah, and and he had three blocks, three blocks in honor of his dad, who who averaged three blocks a year. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Stephen Adams um, was killing the Cavs in the first half. I mean, they had that. Was it the third quarter where they had that stretch where they got about five offensive rebounds in a row? Well, that well that free throw line one. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Well, yeah, they get the free throw line, he'd make one shot, and then he'd miss the next one, they'd get the offensive rebound. That happened like three straight times. <laughs> and, and yeah, and Steven Adams was, was killing them. They had no yeah. answer for him, and the answer was Larry Nance and his energy, uh, because Tristan Thompson certainly wasn't getting it done against him. Um, oh, yeah. Well, Tristan only played 23 minutes tonight. I mean, yeah. at least Lou went, Lou went with Nance in the second half. I mean, he, yeah. he had Thompson there for a little while, but I mean, Nance played in crunch time, and he deserved to, and he oh. and he was awesome. Yeah, he was I think awesome T. T. on both ends I think, of the court. I think TT is going to become our third big when Love gets back because I just think Larry Nance just fits too well. He gives you that dive man capability yeah. that uh, TT just really doesn't. And um, well, he's not a better, only is he's he, a better he's passer. He's, he's only an inch taller than than TT, but his arm, I think his his wingspan looks like it's about three feet longer. Yeah. Right. Well, and plus he's just TT does not have the hops he used to, and Larry yeah, Nance does, year. and Larry Nance so much of a better finisher. I mean, he had a couple finishes tonight, like he had that one on that roll where he just kind of that one handed 
bank shot as he was gliding <laughs> yeah. to the basket. And I was like, TT hasn't finished a shot one-handed in like five years. <laughs> yeah, but that said, I think TT's actually come a long way in terms of finishing. I just think oh, yeah. the, ty- the types of shots that he can yeah. finish are more limited than Larry Nance, well, who, let's face it, can just dunk over people if he and wants. And certainly against a, a behemoth like Stephen Adams. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I just looked at this again. I can't believe this is accurate. So none of the Cavs starters, not even LeBron, were in positives. Plus minus, yeah. LeBron was minus one. Osmond minus four. Tristan minus six. Hill and Smith both minus five. But everybody on the bench was plus. Yeah. Except for Corver. Yeah. I mean, oh, Jeff, no, yeah, Corver was, was, was plus. You're right. Jeff Green had a great game. Yeah. Rodney Hood had a great game. He used yeah, all of the Rodney fouls Hood was huge in the first half. Yeah. He got a lot of ticky tack fouls called on him and when he was guarding yeah, uh, yeah, but, Paul George. Oh, yeah, but and that the Cavs that, like don't have to worry about fouls anymore unless like LeBron starts getting in foul trouble. Because that's the thing. Other than I mean, I'm looking at this team right now. Honestly, other than Paul George, every single position on this team, you have you you're too deep. You know what I mean? You yeah. Said like Paul, Paul George. George is the, I'm you sorry, George, um, Hill? George Hill. I mean, George Hill. George Hill is the only guy that I look at right now and I say, okay, that combination of defense at the point of attack and um, kind of like a more pure prototypical steadying presence at point guard, he's the only guy. Because, yeah, I mean, Calderon can give you that a little bit, but he's certainly not going to stop anyone at the point of attack. Even though he's been serviceable this year, he hasn't done that. Other than that, I'm looking around, and it's like, okay, well, if Rodney Hood gets into foul trouble, it's like, okay, well, you got Jordan Clarkson, all right? And it's yep. like, oh, if Chetty gets into foul trouble, you've got Jeff Green. Like, it, you know, if if TT gets into foul trouble, you got Larry Nance Jr. Honestly, like, other, other than LeBron and, like I said, George Hill, the Cavs are, like, completely interchangeable at positions um, two, three, four, five. Yeah. Yeah. And. Yeah, and really, you could play you could play LeBron at the one with a with a giant oh, yeah. lineup if you oh, wanted yeah. to. You totally you can play no, him at the five. You can do some crazy stuff right now. You can do some. It's some the most position, it's the most positionless switchy they've ever been. Yeah, no, yeah. totally, one hundred percent. I mean, it's the and it's even more posi- and, yeah, it's even more positionless to me than than a couple of those Miami years because Mario Chalmers, why a good player, really could only play the one. Uh, where George Hill can play the one or the two defensively, and any of these guys can play. You know, most of these guys can guard two or three positions. Yeah. Now, did something happen to Chetty, or or where Jetty was the just just overmatched a little bit tonight? Yeah, I think on the live thread, everybody said so. Chetty Osman minus four tonight, five points in about fifteen minutes. Uh, on the live thread, people were like, "Yeah, he was getting burned by." Uh, Paul George. Paul Paul George quite a bit, but I didn't think he played terribly. He just uh I think Lou liked what he had off the bench that game and and Chetty yeah. kind of was a little out of his depth, but I, I thought he played fine and had some nice plays. Um part of it was just trying to kind of feel out the rest of these guys have all started before in the NBA. You know what I mean? Yeah. But Chetty, yeah. like literally, that was his second start ever, and he's. I hope Lou sticks with him, um, because I feel like he's a guy that probably deserves 
to feel it out a little bit. Um, and I, and I like the defense first on the, on the starting lineup. Plus he's a guy that doesn't have to have the ball in his hands to impact the game. Yeah. So, so I enjoy it where I feel like the rest of the guys, I mean, maybe not so much with Larry Nance, but most of the rest of the guys are offense first, defense second, whereas Chetty's kind of the other way around for that right now. And mm-hmm. and that's a good quality to have on the starting lineup, at yeah. least until Kevin Love gets back. Um, yeah. Yeah. But in answer to your question, Tom, yeah, I love Larry Nance's game. I mean, just first of all, he like like you said in the the scouting report, he does every little thing to like try and help you win on every play. Like his screens just have that extra yeah. little push on every like yep. he just gets that yep. extra half second before that guy can release or um I, I like his form on screens. I feel like he gets his hips kind of wide, and mm-hmm. even though he's not like a hulking frame, he he seems to be tough to get around on screens. Yeah. Well, he's got a really good, like you said, he's got a really good hip bend. You saw it on a couple box outs. You saw it um, <laughs> on a couple. Um, he kind of went way back and kept his arms up on a couple of the block attempts. Yeah, um, in the first half and. When he gets the ball in the, uh, he's almost like Draymond Green when he gets the ball on the roll in the in the mid post or the high post. Like he can just find guys in the corners, and like it was driving me nuts in the third quarter because no one would roll to the basket and the the backside of the defense was wide open, and so finally Nance came in. They started he started rolling at the basket and then the left corner defender would crash in every time. And Lance knew exactly who was going to be open and whipped it out to the left corner and was getting guys. They didn't always result in baskets, but he was getting guys good looks. Um, and he's just like, when they get, if they commit to rolling hard, that offense is going to be unstoppable. That's what I'm thinking. I'm watching if they commit to, like you said, especially if they're putting LeBron, in that pick and roll with him mm-hmm. and he's rolling hard as a true dive man. You know how bad, I mean, LeBron might be like seriously, like one of the best passers in NBA history. If, if the defense does not sell out on that, LeBron will, it'll be like lob city with Chris Paul and, and um, yeah. Deandre Jordan. Like LeBron will freaking destroy defenses if they don't sell out on that. And as we know, LeBron always knows where all of his shooters are at all times. And now there's enough like pure shooters on the team between a spotted up uh, George Hill, Rodney Hood from anywhere. I, I even feel like Jordan Clarkson with that very anemic three-point percentage. I bet you that goes up no, a No, no. Uh, EG was quoting on the live thread up. today. He's shooting 47%, I think you said, on catch-and-shoot threes yeah. this year. Yeah. Right, He's so... much better catch-and-shoot than off the dribble. So, yeah, because well, he was yeah. off the dribble a lot more with the Lakers because they yeah. they play so run and gun. Yeah, and he's let he's, him just do whatever. He it looks off balance a lot when he's shooting off the dribble, you know. Yeah. Um, but, but he's got a good stroke when he's when oh, he. Oh yeah, no, he can fill it up. I, yeah. I really, I really like the kid. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, 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 just, I, I love really... how young these guys look. Like Jordan Clarkson's got a freaking baby face. I, I just yeah. love it. <laughs> What's funny is like people would people like didn't really like Clarkson, but. I, Every time, because I again, I watch a lot of Laker games. When I would watch, I'd be like, "This is the only guy that can score off the bench." Like, I mean, know they have. I mean, they've they've got some rookies this year that can, but they're kind of up and down. Whereas Clarkson was always like 
And there's a reason why the dude averaged like almost 15 points a game coming off the bench as the as a six man. I mean, he he can he can score. Like he finds ways to score. I said this yeah. a little bit last week, and I feel like watching him even more. I like Clarkson since he came out, and I've always felt like the Lakers always kind of focused on what he didn't do rather than what he did really well. And I felt like, uh, you know, they always kind of overlooked him and undervalued him a little bit. And it's really nice to see him get an opportunity somewhere else because, like, you look at all the love that, um, oh, what's his name for the Clippers, that they're point guard now. Oh, uh, Doc's kid? No, Lou oh. Williams. You look at all the love Lou Williams gets, and he's yeah. got a real similar game to Lou Williams. Just like everything's off the bounce, really good catch and shoot shooter. Yeah, he is um, similar. I, I'd agree with that. And, and I think really Lou's tight a, handle. Lou's yeah. got the three point stroke down more than Clarkson, but um, like I said, I think. But he's also ten years younger too. So well, I, I just <laughs> think I think you can say exactly what you just said, Nate, about. Um, Exactly what you just said about Clarkson. I think you could say the same thing about George Hill. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like in Utah, he was um, not endearing himself. And you can, I can understand why. I mean, Utah's won like 10 straight now uh, playing the other guy plus Joe Ingles. And it's just like Hood wasn't fitting into what, I don't know, they were doing. I'm not sure. Maybe he uh, – but now he's got like a fresh start. That stroke looks absolutely beautiful. And oh honestly, God. like if he averages like 10 points a game for us – we're thrilled. Like we'd rather him be lower volume and just get better shots and ha- use his gravity to open everything up. And occasionally, you know, we're going to actually look to him to just create something out of nothing. And I think occasionally he'll do it just like Clarkson will, but we don't have to look to these guys like at all times for this role. It's like the same idea that, oh, well, they lost Isaiah Thomas, the guy that can just, like, create offense for you. It's like, when have the Cavs needed offense? Like, they've been scoring <laughs> 120 points a game since, like, 2014. Like, where have you been reading this that, like, these analytics people are talking about losing Well, Isaiah. like, today, um, Bill Barnwell, the football guy, has a podcast, which, by the way, it makes me feel good about our podcast quality <laughs> because they both sounded like they were in submarines, and they both aren't great, like, audibly they don't have great podcast voices and it was just really bad and i was like oh okay well this is like a legit like espn paid writers and like i think like our podcast i'm not obviously our podcast is way superior to all podcasts but i just mean from a production quality standpoint i'm using a 20 dollar you know gaming headset or whatever but um yeah it was it was you say that as if there's something wrong with that well it's kevin pelton with bill barnwell and Pelton or Barnum was asking about the Cavs, and you know, basically, it was it started off, and I haven't listened to the whole thing, but it was like, okay, did the Cavs? Basically, the first question was, should the Cavs have really gone all in and also traded the Brooklyn pick? And to Pelton's credit, he basically said like, no, because I didn't actually see anyone available that was worth it. The only guy he thought maybe was Kemba Walker, but even then, he was like, I'm not sure even that was really worth it. So. Good on Pelton for saying that. So then the next set of questions was like, okay, but does this really move the needle for the Cavs, or was this really more of just a hedge for, like, next year? And Pelton's like, well, I think the Cavs are really trying to have their cake and eat it too. But he said, but the one main thing is you really lose that secondary score that can just create offense um, 
the way you had with Kyrie Irving and with Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> I'm just sitting around thinking like, dude, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, and I've had discussions with people about this and there, and there really is this, this mindset that it's like, no, you just, if you want to win in the NBA at, at the highest levels, you need to have like a big three or more. And I'm thinking, I, yeah, I, I just don't it, agree. I mean, I, there's, first it feels of all, like people have been brainwashed to think that, right? First of yeah. all, there are Michael examples. Jordan, Michael Jordan didn't have a big three. No, he had a big two and a lot of good role players. Um, yep. you're, you're absolutely right about that. And I, I mean, look at Dirk Nowitzki in, uh, oh, by the way, I was talking to my buddy Dwayne and I was, he was arguing this with me and he was like, what, ab-, and I was like, what about Dirk and the, in the Mavericks? And Dwayne goes, no, they had another star. I'm like, who? I was like, they had like JJ Barea was like their next best player. <laughs> and he goes, no, they had Josh Howard. He was an all-star. And Josh I was like, Howard. Josh Howard. I was like, Josh Howard was an all-star in like 2006. And yeah, he, and I, I don't but, even think he was on that. Well, right. So my buddy, so my buddy Dwayne. And they had Jason Terry, maybe my, like the my, ghost listen, of Jason listen, Terry. You're ruining the story. So oh, my, sorry. My sorry. buddy Dwayne's like, yeah, I know. And I was like, D, I'm like, the Mavericks didn't win the title in 06. And he's like, yeah, they did. I'm like, <laughs> against the Heat? And he's like, oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I was like, dude, did you just go back and like do an alternate history in your head where after being up 2-0, the Mavericks won that series? He's like, yeah, I think I kind of did. <laughs> There's a glitch in the Matrix. Yeah, I was, like, I was like, well, they should have, but... I was like, no, the the eleven the eleven Mavericks was Dirk and role players. Yeah. It was like a forty year old really Jason was. kid. It yeah. was a, it was um was uh oh was um what's Sean his name Marion. on that team? Oh, the Frenchman. No, Dial wasn't on that. Dial, no. <laughs> That's, okay. Sean okay. Marion, Tyson Chandler, Chandler Parsons. No, no, that was before Chandler Parsons. Sean Marion, Tyson Chandler, um, JJ Barea. Uh, I can't remember uh, the Jet. Uh, yeah, if you look back at the Pistons in '04 that yeah. beat the Lakers. That that team, honestly, none of those guys were all NBA caliber players that year. Well, John C. Other... Phillip, Rashid had all... Rashid had a really good year. But... Rashid was good, but none of those guys were like all NBA first team. No, no. Um, so I, I just and I'm look and the Cavs in particular. I think Lee Jenkins really said it best when he said. The irony is LeBron is always pining to be on like a super team when he doesn't actually need it. And right. I'm telling you, man, we would be we, everyone would be talking so different about this if in like 09 or 010 the Cavs would have just done what they were favored to do, which was win the dang title when they were winning 60 plus games and going eight no to start the playoffs, winning every game by double digits because they're a really damn good team. And this yeah. team has way more talent than that. Like that team, literally after LeBron, the next best like offensive threat was Booby Gibson, who was a rookie, right? Like that's hey, like hey, don't be well, sleeping on Booby. Not, not, not in 09. <laughs> not no nine. That's not that's not true. That, um, that didn't they have Mo? They had Mo in 09, didn't they? They had Mo. They had Mo exactly. So Mo, who was an All Star a couple years or in 09, you know, maybe a little bit undeserved, but he was a fringe All Star player that year. He was the second best offensive threat. And then you had a guy like Delonte who was really like a pure role player glue guy. Like Rodney Hood is more talented offensively than Delonte West. He's not the defensive player that Delonte was, but just there is way more talent here. I just think a lot of these guys, Nance Jr. isn't really proven yet, and Hood and Hill have been very recently kind of disappointing. 
I think people are sleeping on how much talent the Cavs have right now. Oh, I will totally agree with you. I and don't think they're going to be sleeping for long. No, not for long. So not if it keeps going like this. Holy crap. Well, and the I funny think this thing will be that, what most people are talking about at the All-Star break. Yeah, and the funny thing, like you were talking about the whole big three concept. Well, it makes sense if you've got three guys whose skills kind of complement each other, um, where you've got a playmaker, a big, and a finisher. You know, and that's kind of what uh, Golden State had before they got Durant, whereas the big was uh, Draymond Green and the fin- the the finisher was Clay, who could just finish with threes, and then the playmaker was Curry. Well, once yeah. they, now they've got two finishers in uh, right. in Durant, but you know, and it made the same kind of thing, and that's why. Uh, Miami struggled because they kind of had two playmakers in LeBron and Wade, and it took them a whole season to kind of figure it out. Well, the problem is that Isaiah Thomas, as a playmaker, just completely reduced LeBron's value. Like, it took the ball out of his hands, and he was was the absolute worst fit. I, I honestly, I, I mean, I know we won a championship with it, so I'm not going to act like yeah. it didn't work. But just in general, well, from what I saw, is that Kyrie was great, LeBron was great, but they didn't make each other that much better. Except um, for and four that games. Was, well, <laughs> yeah. Games. Well, it, well, but, but even then, it was like kind yeah. of a your turn, my turn. And they just, yeah. they both were unstoppable from three, and the talent ruled the day. Um, yeah. And the Cavs played tough. You know, guys like JR were getting physical. And so, and that can happen. I'm not saying that's not a formula either. That's how the Cavs almost won in 15, was like some LeBron heroics and just a tough, gritty team behind them. And they just ran out of gas. So, I, I don't know. I, I just, the Cavs to me seem like the ultimate, like, um, what's the what's the gecko thing that the uh, – the uh, chameleon. It's like a chameleon right now. It's like they have they have the personnel. If they need to go in and just kind of like a gritty game, they can play guys like Chetty and Larry Nance and um, Jeff Green and George Hill and heck Tristan Thompson if you want. Right? They can play some limited offensive role players that are stout defensively and can guard multiple positions. They can do that right now. They can also do like a YOLO team where you got like Kyle Korver, J.R. Smith, and Rodney Hood, and it's like, let's have a game to see who can make the most difficult threes. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, they, they, they've, I don't know, man. Like, I, and I'm, I was reading. <laughs> and speaking of today. difficult threes, LeBron <clears throat> was launching him from 32 feet tonight. Oh, yeah. He'll get it on it for sure. <laughs> yeah. But, no, but uh, you could play, you could play a five out team, a five out lineup. That's of of guys that are six seven and taller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could and be and and they're all like at forty percent or or better shooting threes. Yeah, yeah. and um, and then you you could go like all offense. You could you could run freaking Kevin Love at the five. I don't know. Put LeBron at the four, and then have just like pure scoring, just like Jordan Clarkson, Rodney Hood. And I don't know. I mean, yeah, sure. Put J.R. Smith in there if you want or whatever. It's like you could just have five guys on the court that and it could just pop off at any time yeah. and, or, or some combination they're in. Right. And that's what I love about this team. Now, and a lot, I know a lot of us are just sort of like, 
yeah, that all sounds good in theory, but how, how is this going to work in practice? And is Ty Lue going to mess with things? I, I hope not. I, I just think, like, you look at two nights ago, we needed Kyle Korver's 30 to get that win. And tonight, we, we needed zero from Korver. You know what I mean? I don't feel like any one guy other than LeBron is totally, like, necessary from a high usage standpoint for us to get wins. And yeah. I, I just think it's great. And I'd, I'd love for the Cavs to reel off like 15 straight or something and LeBron to win MVP. That'd be just the greatest like thing. It, it'd be just the, it'd be the, it'd be perfect. It'd well, be like, he looked, man, he looked like the MVP to start the third quarter tonight. Cause he yeah. went bananas in that third quarter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, LeBron I, just started. He, he totally looked like the MVP in that Minnesota game. Yeah. yeah. So LeBron. Jimmy Butler. Yeah, let's pull that up because I want to. I kind of want to see how many he scored in the third. I think it was twenty-two. No, it's seventeen. 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 Yeah. Uh, two for four from three. Uh, just everything was from the left side. Um, His pet side. Yeah, one of the things I loved is LeBron kept refusing to roll. And he got in a pick and roll with Chetty, and Chetty just threw it ahead to him, like, "Okay, I'm gonna force I'll you to go make get the ball. You go for it." Yeah. And then, yeah. He, then he shot that fadeaway in the middle of the key, and uh, yeah, I mean, LeBron was was unstoppable. Somehow played 12 minutes and two seconds, according to NBA. He even got an extra two seconds longer than the quarter was. <laughs> <laughs> well, but to NBA.com, Le- but LeBron played 40 minutes. Jr. played 31. Nobody else played more than 27 minutes. So, like, what's been a crazier transformation? The Cavs' chemistry or J.R. Smith's game? (laughs) Like, I still can't get over the first quarter against Boston, where his first shot of the game is this totally insane (laughs) falling out of bounds three that Jeff Van Gundy's just cracking up about. Like, why would you Um, ever take that shot? Exactly. A minute later, he's throwing down a dunk on... Aaron um, Baines. Yeah. And, and, and the then, best like, dunk we've that, seen from JR. And like staring down his, that's his the grandchildren. Best <laughs> that's the best dunk we've seen from JR since he threw down the double pump alley oop from Shumpert against the Oh, yeah. 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 Three years. And that yeah. Was, yeah, three years ago, like you said. Yeah. And that and that team that team in that stretch was the last time I think we saw the Cavs whip the ball around like they do now. Yeah. But yeah. Like it's just the you I mean they just keep they keep finding guys. They keep like coming. There was that one possession where I think it was like like four of the new guys were on the floor and everybody touched the ball. They kept they got it inside, back outside, inside, back outside, and then finally I think it was Hood hit the three from the top of the key. And it was just oh, it was yeah. beautiful. Oh, and what Clarkson drove twice on that and kicked it. And yeah, that was a great play by Clarkson. I thought like yeah. he didn't force it either time. The only thing, like you said about Clarkson, Tom, um, he did have that one yellow one from the from the left <laughs> corner. Yeah. But the other thing is, I'd love to see him run like a couple plays for Corver. Like yeah. I feel like he doesn't quite he he has more of a in the moment mentality than like a pure yep. point. Like yep. George Hill, you can tell. Okay, this is oh George Hill's. Are, he's thinking about where everyone is on the court. Yeah, right. And yeah. who who do I got to get going here? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's the answer for that is LeBron. His eyes are up. That's all the time. that's just a, that's just a, a playing together kind of thing, though. I think I oh, think that'll come. Totally. Yeah. I mean, so to get, but you know, who has great chemistry with Corver already is Nance. Nance. 
Yeah, oh my god. god. One of my favorite plays from the Boston game was the little two-man they ran. Yep, Where they sold out on Corver, and Nance rolled hard, and Corver found him with the quick strike, and he threw down the dunk. Oh, it was so beautiful. It was so beautiful. Yeah, (laughs) it's great basketball. And also, my second favorite play was right before the Chetty missed dunk. Because watching that lazy-ass Kyrie cross-court pass brought back so many memories. Yeah. And I was just like, you know oh. what? As great, as great as you are, you're also irritating. And I don't have to deal <laughs> with that part of you anymore. So yeah. yeah, and the funny thing, like how much fun was it to see Kyrie, <laughs> the ho-hum Kyrie that we oh, saw yeah, for yeah. four years with the Ho-hum cast. Kyrie, ho-hum Paul Pierce. Ho-hum KG, yeah. ho-hum yeah. Doc, everybody. Yeah. Well, okay, yeah. so I wanted to finish real quick. The other thing about that first quarter from J.R. Smith, maybe the best thing out of all those incredible highlights was the blocked jump shot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because uh, I thought David did an outstanding job a, a week or two ago pointing out how just awful J.R. Smith's defense has been and how he just like opens up his hips immediately and gets blown by. And um, he kind of contrasted that with Chetty's defense in today's woodshop piece. But, you know, Jarrett's, what, 31, 32, right? Like, he might not be the same defensive presence we saw in the 2016 finals. However, all of these guys, if they're giving, like, 100% effort, I mean, they weren't even giving 20% effort a week ago. Watching close at the block jump shot, I'm thinking, like, what am I even watching? Who is this team? Like, I know it's, I know there's new personnel, but I'm also just watching a different, everything looks different. Yeah. It's like someone turned on the fast forward button or something, Yeah, you know? So that's the thing that I think, I think that's the biggest thing that Zach Lowe did a nice job of pointing out that all the analytics folks were missing is that, Hey, maybe you really just haven't been paying attention to how bad things have been yeah. because you know, you're still operating under these assumptions, basically probably ranking some RPM lists and saying like, oh, Isaiah Thomas is good and, you know, yeah. Jake Crowder is great. And it's like, no. No, and, those, were, those were last year perceptions. And not right. only that, but just the effect that it was having on everyone else on the team. So, yeah. you know, suddenly JR, you can pull the fork out of his back. Suddenly you're playing Teddy Osman, who anyone that's actually watched the Cavs, which other than us is like, Winhorst, right? And that's it in the national media. Loves Chetty Osman. Oh, and, uh, Jeff Van Gundy loves Chetty Osman. Well, he did, de- <laughs> yeah, he decided he was on the Chetty train after that game, yeah. Yeah. But I, I mean, I guess my, my point remains is like, I, I think the Cavs are a really strange case study where you can almost just like throw out the stats because other than the known knowns, which is LeBron is still the best player in the league. Man, LeBron-led teams can get really weird in a hurry. Like yeah. he is the he is the biggest straw in the NBA Did that you... stirs the entire league's drink. And it's like you see what happens when how bad the Cavs can be when he's not motivated and pouting and who knows maybe even throwing games versus like hey I just get some guys that are gonna like play hard and can hit shots when I find them. And it's like oh let's just go put back up back to back one twenties on two of the best defensive teams in the league. Like no biggie. We haven't even practiced, like no biggie. It's like, oh, I, I think the league is shuddering. Maybe the Warriors and the Rockets aren't yet, but I think the Celtics, oh, yeah, the Celtics. are right now thinking. Like, oh, and the Raptors, too. Oh, what was it you were saying in the Celtics in the third quarter? The, the Celtics looked shook. 
Yeah, yeah they did. Like they were like, what? What happened? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was like it. Yeah. It was their rookies looked like rookies, and um, Al Horford looked like the playoff Al Horford we've come to know and love, and Kyrie <laughs> Irving. He just sons. Yeah, and Kyrie Irving looked like the super limited Kyrie Irving that we've come yeah. to know and love. That if his shot isn't going, he's a minus player in every other facet of the game. Well, yeah. the the whole reason that Boston got out on them in game in the second game in this in in this year in the in the you know the series was that they just their young guys got got out there and running early and then ran circles around the old guys that used to be here and. They just, they just built that. They just ran away with it. I mean, that's the, that's the problem. Like they, you know, when you, when you can actually play any defense at all on them, that's right. Like they don't have, I mean, Hayward would be a good complimentary scorer for that team. It'd be great for them. But right now they don't have him and none of those other guys can be counted on to hit a shot. Yeah. And I just think, I just think they're fooling themselves. All this early season, oh, is Al Horford an MVP talk? It's like every I, year, I, though. I know, every year like, this happens. I know, I know. It's like, I, I, I just can't stand the cognitive dissonance here. Like, did you see the puff piece that that Forsberg-Boston guy wrote about how, like, you know, Al Horford basically is the only player in the league that is universally loved by everyone. I'm thinking, yeah. like, I think Al Horford's a big jerk. Like, yeah, <laughs> I can tell I you Delhi doesn't say, love like, him. What? Well, isn't that same piece the one that's that that called Brad like Brad Stevens is the nicest guy and and oh, Danny Ainge's kid is a genius and all yeah. this other crap? Well, it's Danny Ainge's kid, I think that was quoted as saying like, well, basically oh, right. everyone right. in the league just loves Al Horford. He's like the league's. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the equivalent is like in other sports where there's a guy Johnny. that just everyone loves to death. Like, I I don't know. I don't know who that would be, but I'm just sitting here thinking like. Are you sure? Yeah, and like, there's been I, some. I, I'm, not, I'm not convinced of that. <laughs> there's been so, some folks bringing uh, some news from some Celtic blogs to. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah those, oh, that, that, so that, that sky blue guy. I don't know where he came from, but man, he, oh. <laughs> he's taking oh, from uh, the collective panic guys. is so fantastic. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> Look, oh, by I, the way, let's let's. I mean, to put it in perspective, that was us. A week ago, oh, right? Absolutely. I mean, oh, yeah, a week sure. ago, we were all like, if they don't do something, then LeBron's leaving and Isaiah Thomas, Dan, Dan Gilbert will overpay our Isaiah Thomas to be the the face of the franchise and we're all doomed for the next five years. Yeah, like that was I saw literally, yeah. I saw on Twitter, a couple of people were like, hey, you know, if you were like last week calling out the Cavs for sucking, like don't sit here now and like get out of my face, like don't enjoy this team now. And I don't remember who it was, but someone's like, bro, I'm a Cavs fan for life, but I'm going to call a dumpster fire a dumpster fire when I <laughs> yeah, see it. Right, exactly. And I'm thinking, like, yes, yes, that's <laughs> correct. Like, as fans, we're allowed to call our baby ugly when it's ass ugly, right? What? Just like we're allowed to get overexcited when they look amazing like they are now. Like, I- I'm totally fine, you know, saying that, hell, we're going back to the finals and it's going to be a dogfight there, even if maybe that's a little bit premature. But it's like... That's where we're at. We're plugged in, man. And it, it was amazing. That's why I was so happy that when Lowe wrote that piece, I was like, man, he, he's got it. Like, he gets it, right? Yeah. I'm just reading through it, and I'm like, yes, he totally gets it. And I'm, listen, I'm watching all these other things, 
And everyone's all over the place. I mean, Charles Barkley's like, oh, they're the favorites. And I don't know if he meant in the East or overall. But um, Oh, my God. How people... about Jalen Rose? Oh, no. Reggie, Reggie Miller Reggie Miller just, just got quoted in the second game as saying he thinks LeBron will re-sign with the Cavs. Oh, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> By the way, uh, there, was a, there was a stat. There was a stat tonight that I – it was the first time I'd seen it, and I kind of did a triple take. I couldn't believe it was true. Oh yeah, that the Cavs. And I didn't want to repeat. Re- yeah, I didn't want to like retype it on the thread for lack because I'm superstitious as all hell and didn't want to didn't want to have it you know be the reason why they why they lost whatever. But yeah, that that the Cavs are were 29 and 0 now 30 and 0 when having a lead going into the fourth quarter this year. Oh, wow. And I just thought with all the leads they it felt like they blew. They must have I mean like I guess I remember now the Orlando lead was they lost it in the third in the third quarter. Oh, but, okay. So that's like a weird edge case. Well, well, yeah. The crazy thing is that it means goes against the spirit of the stat but still allows the stat to endure. Exactly. <laughs> that means they are 4 and 22 when they don't have the lead going into the fourth. Yeah, because they've only won thirty-four games. So, <laughs> well, Windhorse talked about, you know, once Isaiah came back, LeBron just had did not have this will to like even try to make fourth quarter comebacks. I think it was against the Spurs the first oh, yeah. time when he's like, uh, "What I saw was very alarming." Like the Cavs were down like six, and it was he, LeBron checks back in with like eight minutes, and he just in, like at no and a at no footer. point. At no point did he look like, all right, I'm taking us home. And he was like, that's not something I've ever seen from LeBron. I've never uh, seen a player he visibly hated playing with more yeah, no. than Isaiah. Yeah. And I don't blame him because I barely wanted to watch the game, let alone play it when he was in, in the fourth quarter. Yeah. I mean, you and I were calling it, and all three of us were like, oh, Isaiah's, the back in. Isaiah's back in. This one's over. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it happened to the Lakers the other night too. Yeah, yeah. The People game, are he looking at power. I the love game, he got his powers back. Yeah, I love. I love how everyone extols is like. Well, he had twenty two points, and you know, in his first game with the Lakers, it's like, yeah, he had seventeen the first game. First game back with the Cavs too. So he, at least they won that game. Was the elder bus, the patriarch bus, just like a smart guy, and everyone that's tried to run this place since then, and just an idiot? Yes, it's like I can't. I'm I'm looking around right now, and I'm like. Why the heck did they get rid of Larry Nance? Like, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, I can't believe the Cavs gave up a late first round pick. The more I've dug into Larry Nance's stats and then read Lowe's piece on him and then I've watched him play, I'm like, dude, if Larry Nance was coming out right now, he'd be a top 10 pick. Yep. Like, you gave that up? No, like, the only uh, reason he was lower pick in the in the draft he came out is because he had the knee the the knee surgery. I think his uh, junior senior season, so he was like so. I think it knocked him down a, a bit. But yeah, he's he's always had his dad's hops, you know, and dunking ability. Well, you know, he was I mean, kind of a late bloomer in college too. He definitely was. In fact, yeah. I remember watching him in college, and I remember I think we used to talk about like he might not even make it in the NBA, you know, because he was a and then it was his junior season. He had that. He tore his ACL or whatever. Yeah, that's yeah. what it was. And we were just thinking, like, uh, you know, he he was on the map because of a couple like insane dunks, but you know, his stats weren't totally like off the charts, eye popping. He was going to be a four year player, and then he suffered an ACL injury. And I was like, you know, I don't know. I mean, and to see where he's at now, I feel like 
you know, good for him, right? He's obviously worked on his craft, and he's a great example that if you have a big NBA body like that and you can do a couple things well, in his case, like finish, and you just work really damn hard, like there's a place for you, right? Yeah. Imagine if his mindset was like, you know, oh, I'm uh, – What's a good example? Like, oh, I'm like Brandon Jennings or something. It's like, okay, we'll see you in China. Like, yeah. you, know, you can have all the talent. Or OJ Mayo. Like, okay, you got all the talent in the world, but you're not useful. <laughs> like, Larry yeah. Nance is like the most useful player, in my opinion. What happened to OJ Mayo this year? Was it last know. year he had the disciplinary stuff for drugs? Yeah, I think that was last year. But he was hurt last year, too. I don't know where OJ Mayo is. That's an interesting Because he was with the Bucks, wasn't he? Yeah, but I don't even know if he's playing right now. Mm. I'm looking at his Wikipedia play page, and it doesn't list him. I don't see mm. him listed. Actually, is he still on the Bucks roster? Mm. I don't see him listed as a uh, as playing anywhere. So weird. So Tom, yeah, I, I think I'm remembering this right. That you were the one that that pointed out that that Clarkson's game is a little bit like. Westbrook's in the just in terms of how he carries himself. And, yeah, yeah. It, it was, so it was it was more like when when I watch him score in the half court, he's got a little bit of a lean on his jumper. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got so a there was that quick one release, compact yeah. body, and he's a gunner. So it's like, yeah, it kind of reminded me a little of Russ. There was that one play tonight where he surprised LeBron with a with a a pass in the paint because I think it looked, looked like LeBron was going to go up for the potential rebound, but. He just like he and I think it was Westbrook even guarding him, and it, he just he just had this kind of like all of a sudden I just felt like oh my god it's like Westbrook playing himself in a mirror, and it was yeah. this sort of you know driving into the paint, you know, tricky <laughs> basketball move, and then just a dump a quick like dump off to LeBron. Not sure what I'm actually going to do until it unfolds. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it was I just like wow that that it struck me i'm like he really did look like like uh, westbrook on that drive not saying he's as talented as, as westbrook is but certainly you can see the the similarities in the way they carry themselves yeah, yeah except I, he's a much better jump shooter than westbrook one of the things that really helped the cavs tonight is westbrook kept gunning threes for like no discernible reason um and long twos uh towards the towards the middle of the fourth and late in the third quarter and just clanking them. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and I've always kind of been on the Westbrook is a terrible playoff point guard um, bandwagon because he just seems to piss off every single a score that he plays with. Like he, Well, I, I've, I thought... I for years, I felt like all of the old OKC triumvirate were poor playoff performers. I felt like Harden you know, tries to do everything. His usage goes up to like 70 and he stops getting his cheapo foul calls and this team struggle. Mm-hmm. Westbrook. Yeah. He's just a total gunner and Durant until he went to, um, you know, where he's at now, the dude couldn't even get opened. He was so soft and yeah. So crazy. Yeah. So let's uh, dive into the stats. Oh, but you never answered my question. So Sorry. are the Lakers just EG like, Oh, yeah, no. I, I honestly like I, I, I no, they were they really I, are not concerns that LeBron will leave Cleveland. I laugh at this idea that he'll go play for the Lakers. And may, I mean, maybe he will. I don't know. I don't know LeBron personally, 
but just like they have been the model of incompetence yeah. for like six years now. Well, well, they they did themselves no favors by doing what they thought was a favor for Kobe Bryant by paying him for past uh, right. deeds rather yeah, than like, rather uh, than current and future yeah. deeds by giving this a ridiculous contract instead of just you know saying we we can't we just can't tie up our our cap that way. So that that held them back for a year or two. They missed on, you know, for, for as great as, as they, they found value in guys like Josh Hart and um, Kuzma and Larry, you know, Nance. Late, and Larry Nance, they've also missed on, they missed on D'Angelo Russell. Yeah. They missed on, they've to this point really kind of missed on uh, Lonzo, Marble. you know, um, you know, so even, even um, what's his name? The sleepy eyed guy. Um you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> no, I don't. I'm laughing too hard. Yeah. Oh, uh, um, Ingram. Yeah, Ingram. Like Ingram's starting to show some signs this year, but he was he, oh, was, he was like awful like hot year. garbage last year. No, and actually, so, this year is like one of the biggest variances between a uh, rookie and sophomore year in NBA history with a with uh, Randall. Is is like a lot of analytics guys didn't think he would ever be anything based on how bad his uh, rookie year was, and he's actually been pretty solid. Like he's been above replacement. Wait, you just level. said Randall? Did you mean? I meant Ingram. Yeah, Ingram, he's been right. above replacement level. So yeah, because yeah. I'm sure they well, would have much rather thank, talked about Randall than me. Nance. You can shooter. thank me for that because I picked Randall on my fantasy <laughs> team last year. That's why that happened. Oh, okay. <laughs> But they, they honestly, I mean, up until, I mean, look, when, when the sun, when Bust the Sun, uh, Jim Bus was in charge, um, they, they did idiotic things like sign Timothy Mozgov for $60 million yeah. and sign yeah. Luol Dang for $70 million. And I mean, they can't, still can't rid of, get rid of Dang. They're going to have to stretch pay him out, and, which is why I think it's more likely they'll probably, they'll probably still, they'll, they'll make an, They'll they'll test the waters this summer, but I still think they're going to hold off and go for guys in in twenty nineteen because I they know they're not getting LeBron. If LeBron's going to go anywhere, to your point, he'll go somewhere where he can, where he can go win a title next year. Yeah, and if that's not Cleveland, it's going to be Houston yeah. or San Antonio or yeah, it's not going to be LA. No, especially Neither because LA teams. one of the things that happened that LeBron came to Cleveland is they had a really good point guard to begin with. They had um, the number one pick of the draft that they could use to move and get a guy like Kevin Love. The Lakers, I don't believe, do they have their own draft pick? No, it's it's well, um, uh, like Boston, isn't it? Boston, if it's if it's between two and five, so they'll probably keep their own draft pick this year. Well, Boston, but doesn't it go to the Sixers if it's? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's they, right. They don't own it, but yeah. Yeah, I think they only get their own if it's number one. Look, I think they'll make a hard push for Paul George. Yeah, and and if they don't get Paul George, then they'll wait till next year when there's a few other guys. Like, like oh, I could I see them totally getting see them getting Kyrie. Get well, oh, God, not only Kyrie, perfect but there. They could get Kawhi. They could get there. Kawhi potentially. I I hope Kawhi doesn't do that. I, I, I don't. I don't think Kawhi's that dumb. Spurs. Well, and I don't think he's the guy that wants to play in Los Angeles either. Yeah. Oh well. Although he's, he's from San Diego, right? Yeah, but he's so out. San Diego's a lot different than Los Angeles. Oh no, I I know, but it's like an hour away. Is my point. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, same I could, so I could see Kyrie bolting and going to the Lakers. San Diego sure. is definitely, sorry, EG, not to offend you or yeah. anything, but San Diego, I think, is the only city in California I could live in. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you if you saw my city, you you would you would change your mind. Cause well, I don't live in LA proper. Oh, okay, yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah. Put, I mean, we'll I, talk I just, later. Yeah, yeah, but anyway, um, so yeah, I just I look at the Lakers and this idea that now the Cavs just made it easier for them to recruit recruit LeBron. No. I, I don't why and and I mean I don't think it's nothing that the Levar Ball clown show is in full swing. Like, I don't oh think God. LeBron wants anything to do with that. I don't no. think Lonzo Ball is going to be playing for the Lakers when they get their two max players in 2019, to be honest. But, um, well, they but that's just high on him the way they uh, should. Philly did with uh, Michael Carter Williams. Yeah. No, but here's, here's the thing. Like what place the NBA has for point guards that not only can't shoot, but like really can't shoot. Yeah. Well, the funny thing about him is it's looking like he's injured all the time, too. Yeah. And actually, I don't. I actually like Lonzo Ball, the player, more than I thought I would. But yeah, I mean, he's still shooting thirty six percent from the field, and and I kind of feel bad for the guy because his dad's a total jackass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He is. He's he's just weird. I don't know. <laughs> like uh, my kid, four years from now, when like Levar Ball is the guy that when he's the villain in a movie, you you say like, God, this movie's so terrible. Like, <laughs> like it's so bad, it's good because but the villain's just so unbelievable yeah. that it makes it bad. Like if the Joker, like Joker pre, um, I mean, I guess Jack Nicholson was okay, but. You know, I, I don't know. I, I just <laughs> Jim Carrey is the Riddler. <laughs> yeah, like it's just like stupid because it's like so dumb. Like that's how Levar Ball is. But yeah, yeah, he just seems like the most insufferable person on the planet. <laughs> and I get the feeling that the Lakers are not very enamored of the whole ball clown show right now. And and like you no, said, how could how could you be? Well, and even then, like you look at, like if you're the Lakers and you know how much LeBron hates Isaiah Thomas, why would you want Isaiah Thomas anywhere near your team? Well, yeah. I I think Isaiah is going to need to take like a one year deal with, I'll take a flyer on him and rebuild up his stock because he was a total expiring contract. Oh, yeah, that was totally his value. Was. He went yeah, from he had more value as an expiring than he did as a player. Not oh, only Jordan that's, Clark's Jordan Clark is a better player than Isaiah Thomas right now. Oh, oh. like even close. Yeah, he's yeah. A, well. Any any competent like I can get on the floor and our team doesn't get outscored at a rate of three points per minute. Player <laughs> is better than Isaiah <laughs> Thomas right now. Like it's yeah. No, but to your and to your point about the whole did the Cavs just pave the way? Like even I think I, I heard uh, Woj on a on a, the Rosillo podcast the other day say, "Well, that's just it's silly." Like like the Cavs knew the Cavs know like everybody knows if LeBron really wants to go to the Lakers, he's going to go to the Lakers. He'll figure it out, and the, yeah. and so will the team. But, I mean, the Cavs the Cavs op- open roster uh, cap space 
without without getting a commitment from him when he when he said, well, move the move Tyler Zeller and some of these other guys. Not even those guys specifically, but you know, get cap space and and make me and be prepared. And they had no guarantees, no. but that's just that's what LeBron does. And if he wants to go somewhere, they'll figure it out. So the Cavs making it easier by taking Jordan Clarkson on, yeah, which it wasn't even that big. I mean, look, it, it, it in these in this he day and age, twelve million a year in this day yeah. and age, which isn't, and he's playing really well. Yeah, it wasn't like I mean, he was playing terrible. Like he had a low RPM this year, and. As did a lot of the guys the Cavs grabbed, and it's like, well, yeah, but like to your point, Tom, effort is not a constant, you know, and system no, and, matters and, no, and situation no, Windhorst, matters. Windhorst said it best: like it's hard to evaluate a team that's not trying. Yeah, <laughs> which is the Cavs. I mean, well, it's the same but, reason but, why last year it was like, oh wow, okay, like we're putting up. You know, we're up 50 on the Celtics, who are the number one seed at half in Boston. Interesting, because like two weeks ago, like we couldn't beat bottom feeders. And it's just right. like, yeah, because you know what? Playoff LeBron is a totally different animal. Then and honestly, LeBron. like in all of Tarad Lou and the Cavs, in my opinion, issues where they don't install a system, they don't have an identity, they don't have set plays, all of those weaknesses, which teams like the Spurs having droves that's why they almost beat the Heatles on national TV with their third stringers years ago is like those those things don't matter as much when you get into a series right. where yeah. everyone's running the same high pick and roll on every play unless they can get out in transition right <laughs> it's yeah. just like you're not going to surprise anyone was- honestly the only surprises are when you make lineup changes um, to try to you know get some kind of different matchups but there's no like, oh, look at this crazy play like the Cavs just unveiled. Like, yeah, you'll get a couple things out of a timeout, but you are who you are at that point, you know? Oh, yeah, totally. And and more to my point, it's like you look at these guys themselves, you know, Clarkson and Hill and um, Rodney Hood. They're they're all kind of having bad statistical seasons from a plus minus standpoint. But you also look at the situations they were in, you know. The Lakers have been trying to get rid of Jordan Clarkson, you know, most of the season. And, you know, he's playing behind Lonzo Ball, a guy we're watching that clearly is not better than he is, um, but they want him to be the savior and who's kind of running a clown show there. And then you've got, you know, this bench full of kind of like guy. The Lakers roster is kind of the island of misfit toys. And yeah, then, it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> And then you've got, you know, George Hill, who he signed with uh, Vince Carter and uh, Tebow, uh, Zach Randolph. And Wait, then... what did you just say? Zebo, Zebo, Zebo. that's what I meant. Yeah, I meant Zebo. Sorry. <laughs> well, what did you just say? He signed, he signed with, with Tebow. The King signed Vince Carter and Zach Randolph and George Hill. Oh. Um, and then yeah. the GM that signed them all bolted and went to the Knicks. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Yeah. And so you're talking about in the you're talking about in the off season, they, right? Last off season, so okay, yeah, he yeah. didn't want to be there either. And you know, the funny one was you talk about the fake news. Well, everybody kept talking about his toe, his toe, his toe. Well, it turns out the, all the talk of his toe was because he missed some games, and Brian Windhorst thought it was because of his toe, but it was actually because his wife had just had a baby. 
So, yeah. And he had tweeted the correction to that, but of course, much yeah. like the NBA players go broke. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> after they're done yeah. playing, NFL, I mean, NFL players. Well, both, both. It was seventy-eight oh. percent of NFL players within two years, and it was sixty percent of NBA players within five years. Yeah, both numbers were at least an order of magnitude off. Right. It was more like six percent and the NBA are having some financial difficulties, right. <laughs> which is a very different. That's really moving the goalpost from flat broke to are having difficulties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it was just that got repeated. So nobody wanted to touch George Hill and George Hill is making a lot of million money. I mean, he's making 20 million this year, but would you, but it it's still like you look at the guys that Cavs gave up. I mean, Shumpert was making 10, you know, and he wasn't getting it done for him. So would you pay an extra yeah, I mean, 10 million? I, for I, I don't want to sit here and like, you know, toot my own horn or whatever, because I was definitely in the depths of despair as well. But I was thinking about this the last couple of days. Like I was sort of sitting here a little bit in disbelief, like, wait a minute, how did we trade Kyrie Irving and get back like a whole new like bench and a draft pick? Like yeah. I'm trying to figure this out. And then like, I keep coming back to the same place. Because when you have an owner that will absorb like another hundred million dollars in salary, <laughs> you can true. do lots of freaky things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's certainly not like a talent to talent trade. This was not an Oregon Trail barter. Like this was <laughs> like this was like all right, like a lot of teams want to get out from underneath the wrong fit players that have expensive deals and Kaz Dan was like, make it so. And I'm just thinking Damn, like, and I, and you know, some people have said, okay, yeah, if we, if we look at this move by Kobe Altman in a vacuum, wow, he should do victory lap and maybe he should get like GM of the year consideration. But certainly if you look at it from the perspective of, well, they gave up Kyrie Irving, well, it's not that good. But I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, I mean, yeah, I know Kyrie's special offensive talent and stuff like that, but I don't know, man. Like, we were all talking back like well maybe we need to get rid of Kyrie for like Chris Paul or someone that plays both ends of the court or someone that makes LeBron better right and now you've got not only a guy in George Hill that could make LeBron better and will definitely defend way better than Kyrie Irving ever did and not turn the ball over (laughs) you've got all these other guys and you have what you know the Nets are a half game out of the worst record in the NBA yeah yep like that could be the number one pick it could be. It's a weird year where there's there's no teams in the in like the like the desperate like there's no like Philly seven, nine seven and teams. and seventy three yeah. team yeah. this year. Yeah. They're all like they're all gonna win. Everyone's gonna win probably like 20, twenty games. games. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And interestingly, the Nets just traded away one of their best players uh, in Ooh. terms uh, Tyler Zeller. In terms of uh, plus minus, he was one of the best oh. guys on the team, and they turned. Well, so they could play Jaleel Okafor more, who's a who's oh a minus God. minus yeah, hundred. Wow. Oh, oh, yeah, I saw Jaleel. that. Stat. He's like minus seventy seven <laughs> in like seventy minutes or something. Yeah. What was it? They were like, and the team is like plus one over the thirty minutes he hasn't played or something like that. <laughs> well, what was I it? mean, you I can relate. The, uh... It's like the Cavs. It's like watching the Cavs trot on Isaiah Thomas day after day. Yep. <laughs> Which can I can we have a little mini sidebar about this? The, this what whole was, reca- this whole podcast I is know, a sidebar. I, 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 
our whole blog is a sidebar. My uh, my question though is, what was actually the impetus to play him as much as if if he was calling out Ty Lu, if everyone hated him, and it was very apparent after like the first three games that you were just bleeding points with him on the court, like what was the rationale? Like was it that we gotta like improve his trade value, or was it so, just so, like so Tom? Let me actually defend. I know it's hard to believe. Defend Ty Lu here and offer up a hypothetical. All right, that's what I'm looking for. So yeah, you're, you're, so you're exactly I'm what Ty Lu. I'm the Cavs front office. You know, as Ben Worth has noted, Ty Lu. One of the things that drives Cavs fans nuts, and that we can't see the forest for the trees a little bit with Ty Lu, is that he does not give a crap about the regular season. So the regular season is his basically experiment to say, okay, can these guys give me anything in the postseason? And he had to play Isaiah Thomas long enough to know that, no, this guy is worthless as tits on a Tomcat. And (sighs) I've not heard that expression, but I like it. I am not either. <laughs> I like how you've been apologizing for being misogynistic for such, you know, awful takes as, oh, this woman is beautiful, or, oh, I'd like to commit to marriage, but tits on a top cat's like going to make it right through the Nate filter. I love it, Nate. <laughs> I'm having an effect on you. No, it's just animal husbandry is a whole different ball game. So. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? I don't know, but so, I, you know it's a good point. And you know, if you live, if you if you consider that paradigm that well, the Cavs just don't care about the regular season, then how much is it worth analyzing the minutia of lineups and stuff like that? I mean, I'm with you. I'm with you. I don't think they. I think they didn't care until it looked like things could really get ugly. Yeah, right. I, I and once. You. Once that happened, it was like, okay, we have to do something. And I don't know. I don't think there's I, – I wouldn't completely disagree that there would be there, – that there is some showcasing of Isaiah just to say, like, we have to show some a team that they can get – they can have – he's worth something. Yeah. You know, that he's not completely – the hip's okay enough for him to – you know, just that his shot's not going in type of thing. Right. Which, if that was the goal, then it was a failure because he was basically valued as an expiring contract. Yeah. yeah. Although no. the Lakers are going to play him, and who knows? I mean, look, the, the Lakers, if they don't yeah, – Laker, I'm Lakers sure they Laker, will – Lakers sure, are all Laker. Lakers well, no, they, Laker. Will, they will they – will, this is exactly what they'll do. And even this is even with Magic and Rob Palenka, who people think are being geniuses this year. <laughs> is it they will they'll they'll wait they'll they'll do their you know they'll do their their chase tepid chase after a few of these stars when it becomes clear that LeBron's not coming to them, even though you know I, he may grant them a meeting. I'm not sure, but if LeBron's not coming to them. And Paul George, if he if he decides, eh, kind of like things in OKC, and by the way, they can pay me an extra forty yeah. million dollars for that fifth year that yeah, you can't. Yeah, bird rights. Yeah. Um. Then they will. The backup plan will be. Well, let's just sign Isaiah Thomas for you know twenty million on a one year deal, 
and he can bring he can put butts in seats for a year and then be an expiring contract so that we can have even more cap space in the summer of 2019. Right. Or if somebody comes available in a trade, we've got matching salary on an on expiring contract. Sure. That too. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's what happened. No, I I wouldn't either. I mean, I, but I I have a hard time thinking. Isaiah Thomas is going to get that much money. Well, they're the Lakers. Well, that's true. They got to spend the money. Uh, and when they strike out again on the free agents, they'll have to spend the money on somebody. You almost got to hope that that he gets hooked up to the the win machine and and starts winning some games for them and they overpay him. Just get that that, that, that will be... that will not happen. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you right now. I've made a lot of uh sort of <laughs> Hey, I've... predictive evaluations this year, and most of them have been total crap. I feel very safe in saying Isaiah Thomas is not going to help the Lakers win any games this year. So do you think well, now he... that they don't have anybody at all no, to I'll play agree defense. With you too. I'll agree I mean, Nance with you actually too. Nance actually made them a pretty good defensive team on this uh, off the bench, but not defensive team overall. But like, it had a, at least a decent. Yeah, oh, he gave some. He was he was patrolling the paint tonight. Like, yep. They started out the third quarter. He got a swat from out of nowhere. Then he had one or two more blocks that quarter, or uh, another block that quarter. He had that steal where he read the yep. passing lane. I mean, he was just, he was, and he was altering shots too. Yeah. He's, He's just a, a smart beast. player. Yeah. yeah. With a ridiculous wingspan and a great vertical. Yeah. I just love watching him dunk. I can't wait for the dunk contest now. Oh, yeah. I hope yeah. he brings his dad. You know? <laughs> that would be the greatest. That would be the coolest thing. Honestly. Yeah, I'd get Nance so up, excited about that. Yeah, I, I. What was somebody said? They should have two baskets and they should both dunk. Yeah, <laughs> and, awesome. and the idea, the idea of recreating that iconic picture going around where seniors holding yeah. junior up to dunk. You know, at probably conceivably, that would have been. Uh, would that have been like one of the last years at the Coliseum, or would that have been? Yeah. Yeah, because Nance wasn't with the team past the first season at Gundarina. Yeah, he was. He left in ninety three or ninety four. He was there for that first season. He just got hurt. Yeah, man. I would. I'd love to see the two ball dunk too that his dad did. Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, he got yeah. the hands for it. Right. How about that? And how about the like the seventy or eighty foot uh, <laughs> dime? Falling out of bounds oh, from Jr. Yeah. So the the pass of the night, yeah, end of the game to set the stage for all you Cavs fans. Uh, what the Cavs were up by what seven at that point? No, uh, I think no, they were it was up less. five. They were yeah, up five, five and they, they had turned the ball over because they LeBron tried throwing it in and and the Thunder got the ball. God, that was a terrible pass too. Yeah, but then they they bricked the three and then Jr. Save the ball going out of bounds, but rather than just save it like a little bit into the court, he like whipped it down the court. Feet. Yeah, in the air, like on the fly. Yeah, and Nance caught it, turned around, and just jammed it home. Like, do you think he knew Lance, uh, Nance was there, or did he was just? I don't know. It down there? And it wouldn't really matter because it's a smart play anyways because it yeah. just means they, they run out of time. But 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 some weird part of me thinks he did know Nance was there because, like, every, it's JR. It's well, JR. Yeah, Who knows? And every now and again, JR just pulls just this crazy pass out of his butt. 
And yeah. <laughs> like, it doesn't happen very player. often, but like once every 10 games or so. Yeah. Well, he like just... that dunk that he had against the Celtics. Like, it's just, <laughs> Where the hell did that come once from? Once a game, he just kind of surprises the, the heck out of you. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was fierce. Um, I, I I'm think... upset that they were all being chatty cappies and it was kind of lost. Yeah. You know, which is such that's my I mean, <sighs> I, I, I don't I like the the chemistry and the analysis of like those three guys, but man, they just don't know when to shut up. <laughs> like sometimes just you know, just enjoy the game a little what was bit. It? Somebody said uh I was reading the other day, I think it was on Deadspin. Or it was either Deadspin or the blog and they were hey, that's like, like that's like the mouth of Mordor in this podcast. I'm oh, not sure stop, I can allow Tom. To... What is? Tom that doesn't name. like Deadspin. He's anti Deadspin. Evil tongue. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> somebody was saying like the most annoying thing about Jeff Green or Jeff Van Gundy is his incessant desire to that was spend me. five minutes on that wasn't that wasn't that wasn't Deadspin. That was me. I can't believe it. You're confusing <laughs> me for my enemies. <laughs> Fake news. That <laughs> was whether me. something I wrote a is big a, long comment about that. Is about that whether something to? is a foul or not. Yes, yeah, I, yes, that, that, was, that was Tom's me. comment today on the thread. Uh, do you comment on Deadspin, Tom? No, it was my comment <laughs> on our blog. <laughs> <laughs> You're, I'm triggered. I'm, I'm triggered. It's winding you up, man. This might affect my Rocket League, and I'm playing ranked right now. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> Although my buddy's carrying oh, me. Oh, Tom, Steve. Tom, I gave up video games for Lent. Dude, Nate, you don't have to until tomorrow. You got, That's you got, true. you well, got tonight. To, no, Bad it Tuesday. Tw- it's twelve ten. So, dude, I have not decided what to give up yet, and I've been pretty bad about it the last couple of years. I've been kind of mailing it in a little bit. Well, I'm not it's Catholic, my- but my kids are, and my my wife. You're more is. Catholic. I'm giving all. up. I'm giving up watching. I, I, I'm giving up watching Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> It's supposed to be a sacrifice. I'm not supposed to be that impressed with that one, E.G. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. you got to give up making fun of Isaiah Thomas. Oh, I can't do that. Oh, not, until, not until after tomorrow's, after tomorrow's article, I will. Okay. okay. So, um... Anyway, back to, back to the game. So, yeah, J.R. Smith, I feel like of all the guys that were kind of under the thumb of the situation going on. J.R. Smith got the worst of it. He did. Like, and that Colin, did you read Colin's article today? I did. See, here's the sad thing. I can't remember your comment, but I can remember that Colin wrote an article and that it wasn't on Deadspin. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's a good article. I, I, I just disagreed with this idea that, because Colin didn't just say like, "Oh, you know, it's unclear." Yeah, he, he was just like, "Obviously, everyone would prefer Kyrie Irving," and I'm like, "I don't know if I agree with that." Yeah. Well, again, regular season Kyrie or playoff Kyrie? Yeah, that's that's right. the problem. But but like talking about how Dwayne Wade kind of took LeBron away from everybody, and yeah, that was McMenamin that yeah. was bringing that. No, that was no, no, well, no, and yeah. and uh, Max Kellerman talked about that a lot too on on first take. <laughs> like, it was like your college friends versus your high school friends. What? <laughs> your college friends versus your high school friends. Like everybody hangs out, but like oh, yeah. your 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 yeah. high school friends yeah. aren't cool enough to hang out with your college yeah. friends. That kind of yeah. thing. right. 
So D Wade, by the way, just as as an aside or a sidebar, um, D Wade almost he he got close to a triple double tonight for the Heat, even though they lost. But he had ten points, eleven rebounds, six assists. But he also turned the ball over four times and was minus eleven for the game. I didn't really feel like Jr.'s play was that, or not Jr.'s Wade's play was that bad. Although except when those games would he would chuck like a dozen mid-rangers but yeah no he was fine off the bench i mean he really stabilized our bench for a bit there but when things went south he was part of the problem not part of the cure yeah and i i I credit to everyone involved like you know like i would be the first to admit like the Cavs are a very disruptive organization and sometimes disruption is not always a good thing that said the way the Dwayne wade thing played out was like flawless victory (laughs) yeah like Wade is happy. LeBron is like laughing about how good it is for everyone. Heck, they interviewed Wade yesterday about yeah. LeBron's future, and he's like, you know, I hope he seriously considers Cleveland. I'm like, yeah. well, thanks, D. Like, appreciate that. <laughs> are you, you, know? you going to recruit him to Miami? He's like, no, man, I'm done with that. Yeah. yeah Freaking <laughs> Keller, Kellerman, to bring him up, was on TV spouting off, oh, he should go to Miami. I'm like, okay. Uh, and, no, yeah. they just, those guys just want those guys are the, the but the I was like okay so so we we've heard some rumblings that perhaps Wade was not a great locker room presence for a variety of reasons we knew he was a problem with the young people in Chicago so it would at least conform with that previous data point um you know he according to McMenamin um he told Ty Lu before the season when Ty Lu was like hey man this is what I'm thinking and you're gonna come off the bench and he was like nah I'm gonna start and so that already kind of like created some tension between him and Lou. And then, of course, it created issues with Jr. And, you know, but Wade, I mean, he eventually agreed to go to the bench. You know, he agreed that it was probably for everyone's best interest. Um, but just, it, you know, when, when Chetty kind of arrived and it became obvious that the Cavs need to be younger and they need to hustle more and they need to be better defensively, the Cavs organization, and I, I include Lou in this probably, realized like, you know what? It's not going to work with D Wade and we can bury him on the bench or we can, you know, more or less just offer him up, send him to a nice farm upstate. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And that's what they did. Where he can run and play with the other basketball players. Everyone's like all smiles about it. And I'm just thinking like, wow, well done Cavs. Like that's a very tenuous situation. Like that could have gone south. And everyone in the national media, you know, thinks Dwayne Wade is some, you know, saint or something like that. And just like the classiest act. It's like, eh, he's an NBA champion. Let's leave it at that. Right. And it's like, so, you know, that if this, that whole thing had gone south, even if it was purpose, you know, just for basketball reasons, everyone would have just killed the Cavs again. Just yeah. like, oh, here's another example of the team that wouldn't trade for Amari Stoudemire being <laughs> that team again. And I would have just like had an aneurysm. And I'm just I'm really proud that I don't have to, like, defend the Cavs honor for something. They just kind of took care of business themselves. Yeah. I get to I get to take a vacation. But I, yeah, but to to what I was saying, like, I feel like just poor J.R. couldn't handle it. Like it was just, it was just like stop fighting everybody. <laughs> you know, you're, yeah. you're killing Jr. Look yeah. at Jr. He's curled up well, in the I corner. I read the Jr. article today where he was like, I really did not want to get traded, and he even said Cleveland. He said Cleveland is the perfect situation for my family. And I'm thinking, 
You're damn right, man, because you got three kids and you you got that party gene in you. And Cleveland is keeping you, you know, yeah. about to have the, four kids. <laughs> Midwestern sensibilities are not a bad thing for Earl Smith the Third right I, now, if I do say so myself. There may be, you know, it's funny. Like, uh, there's two guys. So Isaiah Thomas is probably the player that off the court. I liked and then could not stand when he got my to my team. Yeah, and very then, true. I thought we were I thought we were gonna love the guy. Oh yeah, I really me did. too. And then I thought we were gonna just love the guy. What once he actually laced him up, he was an insufferable jerk. Yeah, he was. <laughs> and then J.R. Smith, the total opposite. Like yeah, just love the entire J.R. Smith experience. I yeah. I love every minute of it. I love every minute of it. How great is the J.R. Jordan Clarkson <laughs> celebration now with the the and Jordan with his arm down and oh, J.R. Yeah. comes well, out we're and... giving each other the I don't even know what that is like I don't know dueling it's low like... guitar three point things or something. Everyone's gonna have handshakes within a couple weeks too. That's gonna be fun. <laughs> They still had the, the handshakes with Kyrie before before now. Uh, you got to go to training camp just to learn the handshake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Isaiah never could could get that down. Could have uh, complained yeah, about that. What was the, the whole thing about not coming out with the intros? Like, I don't just, know. He's standing on the other side of the floor, just uh, looking like a serial killer. What a snowflake. <laughs> yeah. Oh, anyway, well. yeah. Happy happy trails. <laughs> So what yeah. are we, what are we, guys? What are we gonna do with basically ten days off between games now? Here we're well, they're not gonna play watching. video games. Get... That's for sure. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> it's okay. So I I do want a podcast on uh, Sunday. We'll have a little All Star podcast, usually like we do during the second half of the All Star game. Sure. Um, because usually it's easier to watch it on mute and talk to you guys than it is to actually watch the game. <laughs> Although I think you're going to get a little bit of a different dynamic with the, well, with the... I think we would have before everyone started oh, yeah, that's true. blowing out their knees and ankles. Yeah. Nobody wants to get hurt in this thing. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that's what it comes down to more than anything. Like for the other thing is, is like everybody's just, they're all partying the night before anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's almost just like a total unwritten rule now that you just don't even play defense. Yeah. Like as the as the dunk contest has gotten lamer, the All Star Game has just been a, a dunk exhibition, basically. Yeah. Although I did not last year's dunk contest was not very good, but the the, the one previous one before, was epic. Yeah. The Aaron Gordon one was fantastic. Like the one with the what is it? Wowie, the Magic mascot. Is that his name? Oh yeah. I think uh, so. With it, where he's spinning around on the scooter. That was the, one of the greatest dunks I've ever see, seen. Like, yeah. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah, Gordon's dunks. I mean, Levine's were sick, but I, I thought Gordon's were, like, some of the greatest dunks I've world. ever seen. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, I, right I, up there with VC. Yeah. yeah. When he jumped over that and went through the legs, I don't know if I've ever seen a better while, dunk than that. While the mascot is spinning around. Yeah. Was, yeah. <laughs> that was... Yeah. So yeah, that's what we have to keep ourselves occupied with. Hopefully the Cavs uh kind of get some practices in, get some plays down. Although I love yeah. what they've been able to install on the fly. A lot of that high post action with Larry Nance um has been fantastic. I think the fact that some of these guys have all played together before is helpful. You know, George Hill's played with Rodney Hood. 
Nance and Clarkson have played together. Um, you know, that, that's probably helpful from a chemistry standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. No, you can tell that those guys definitely had, have some, some familiarity out there. Yeah. So it's not just four strangers being thrown on to, into a new situation. Right. Exactly. And also how good, I mean, let me just say this again. Rodney Hood's jump shot. Oh, it's so pure. It's you're so gonna pure. move, aren't you? I saw the tweet. He's gonna, gonna leave Mrs. Hoops dog. Yeah, no, I saw you. You're gonna move into a apartment with uh, with uh, Rodney Hood's jump shot and Larry jump Nance's shot and pick, Larry and roll Nance's pick and roll game. <laughs> <laughs> it's an alternative relationship, but uh, I think yeah. people are open minded enough. It'll work. We're gonna get a nice apartment in Brooklyn in the off season. <laughs> Dude, speaking of stuff you're pulling out of your butt, Nate, that picture of the Night Stalker or whatever oh. looks just like Jenny. Richard we Ramirez, totally, the Night Stalker. Totally so cannot do that as a nickname. I know, it's, <laughs> it's so terrible. But like my buddy Eric, who I watch a lot of Cavs games with, um, he was like, that guy is Richard Ramirez. I'm like, who? The Night Stalker, the serial killer. Richard Ramirez, and I'm like, no. And I like look, and then I'm like, that guy doesn't look anything like Chetty Osman. And then Chetty Osman, like, literally on the TV, turns and gives us the the full front face shot. And I'm like, oh my god, he looks exactly like Richard Ramirez. Like the yeah. ears, the hair, everything. Like I got to look and make sure that Chetty didn't have a pentagram on his palm. <laughs> <laughs> Which it's a terrible nickname, but he looks exactly like him. Man. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Speaking of which, like that's what we need to be doing for the next two weeks is thinking of nicknames, because because oh. we gotta we gotta come up with with some nicknames for these fellows. We got some. We got, we got some. some. Yeah. I posted well, a whole list of for each one of ants won the waiting for a next year poll. Which ah okay. Shut up. And I don't love that. Yeah. I don't love that. I just call him Junior. Well, I call him Lights because that's what he wants to be called. I don't yeah, know what, exactly what it means, but yeah. But I asked him back when he was on, when he got drafted. They're like, "What's your what do you uh, your nickname to be?" Because I'm going to be called Lights because I want the lights to always be shining. And I'm like, "That's not really good." But if that's what <laughs> you want to be called for now, I can use it. Who said that? Nance himself. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I can't wait for your fountains and sinks. <laughs> fountains <laughs> and your fountains of water. I gotta, I gotta go soon and finish it. Okay. It's long. It's, it's already running. It's already it's running really long. Okay. Yeah, I meant for it to be like a thousand word article, and it's, I'm already like on, on word two thousand. So. so, so, and I'm like not even halfway through. Jeez, it's kind of like Tom and I's uh, six thousand word debate. That was insane. Yeah, it's completely insane. moot now. Yeah. Well, you gonna, I don't. You gonna go back and edit out pictures of drunk Dan Gilbert now that his son is getting. <laughs> for oh, wow! Wow! I did not. That was not Shots a picture fired. of drunk Dan Gilbert. That was a picture. That was the the pro. That was his pick from the Quicken Loans corporate roster. Um, photo. Isn't that insane? Yeah, that, that is insane. But, look, just because just because of what's happened in the last week doesn't make some of that stuff not true. I mean, right, exactly. Th- those a lot of those things still it, it, still it makes a lot of that stuff patently not true. If that's I not that's not. I'm not true. saying it makes all of it untrue. I'm saying it makes a lot of it orthogonal to the truth presented in that piece. 
Well, I'll I'll put it I'll put it to you this way: it doesn't necessarily render it untrue; it renders it more relevant than untrue. Okay, okay, mm-hmm. uh, I'll I'll accept that. This moot. Yeah. yeah. But look, because, like I mean, once again, no, you Tom, you look. You don't take the win, Tom. You you. Oh, I'll take it. I will take the win. He, I know how to take the win. Because he spent everybody. the money. He once again. Tom, act spent like the money. been there. <laughs> yeah. Well, that I can't do always, but I can definitely take the win. <laughs> oh, my dad used to always say that. Like, what, act like you've been don't there. Don't hot dog it. Act like you've been there. Like, <laughs> that sounds exactly like Mr. Pestak. Yeah, you've met him. It does sound like him. <laughs> That that's classic. My dad was always a uh, you know when you score a touchdown you just hand the ball to the referee. Uh, you yeah, know what's with fantastic. these guys? What's with these guys and all these tattoos? That's my dad. In <laughs> fact, we were talking about the Cavs moves and he was like, "Oh my gosh, the Cavs look like a whole new team." And then my mom's with him and she's like, "And you know what your father likes the most, don't you?" And I'm like, three of the four guys have no tattoos." He's like, "There you go." <laughs> <laughs> that is so great. Like my dad totally will root for guys with tattoos, but if there's a player that doesn't have one and he likes that player, he just loves to point it out. Like, yeah. <laughs> just George my, Hill that has him, right? Yeah. My just favorite Hill. story about your dad is the Browns mobile when we so uh, like last summer, yeah. or I, it wasn't last summer; it was the summer before. Two summers ago. Yeah, me oh, yeah. and E.G. and Tom, we all went to a tribe game in Tom's dad's Jim Tomey night. Cutlass, see it? Was it a cutlass? It's, it was a um, Crown it was a, uh, yeah it was a police interceptor yeah that was painted <laughs> in the Browns colors and like the Blues Brothers car we parked yeah. in Ohio City and just With, so uh, many great so many look looks so many comments yeah. uh, from everybody everybody honking at us and we we're like um to, and then Tom was telling us about how he was telling his dad that you should totally just be an Uber driver with this thing and just Operate yeah. on games for Browns days. Yeah. He got rid of it. <laughs> that would have oh, been like, no, no. But what did your dad? Greatest business model. What he did your dad say when you said that? He said, "You're right. I should." But no, he, he goes. Did. He goes. This is the story you told us. He goes. I've considered it. <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah, he was real serious. Like, I'm not even joking. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was that was. Why to get rid of it, Tom? Why to get rid of it? Because he had to store it. Like most of the year and the car was kind of beat up so he was always just because it was, it was like, like a, a late boat. 90s it like a, crown vic <laughs> yeah it was like a money pit and Dude, it, that car belonged in the owen 16 parade i know it, it, it totally it, did. Uh, it, it, probably was in there oh, we haven't talked about the owen 16 parade i loved it personally i didn't i didn't did you go pay attention to no it. i no i don't i didn't i was i didn't love it that much but <laughs> i i just thought the idea was really cool and but man some people like i was trying to figure out People are more. There was more heightened emotion around the uh, the Owen sixteen parade than the Chief Wahoo news, where a lot of people now are just sort of like, ah, whatever. I'm tired of like fighting this fight, you know. But the like, Chief man, that Wahoo parade, news was so that dumb, parade though. got people really fired up. Like, well, it, racism versus versus uh, team team loyalism or whatever you want to call it, nas- team nationalism. Is always going to be one of those weird. No, but the, the silly thing about it was they're just taking Wahoo off the uniforms. They're still going to actually sell Wahoo stuff in the team shop. So, like, what's the 
Oh, oh no, you're not going to see him every so time you look at a player. Be, yeah, it won't be seen on television for the most part, except for right, in the so not, to, not to go way down the rabbit hole here, but like I read a article that was clearly pro the Indians should get rid of Chief Wahoo. And in the article, it states that it, it shows a bunch of polls done in you know Native American communities and like something like over 90% of people say it doesn't bother them at all. So I'm not saying that's justification. But it does beg the question, if we're going to make changes based on something that's offensive, what is the threshold by which we decide, like, it's actually offensive? Does it like, trigger is there your a... white guilt? That's basically... <laughs> Thank you, Nate. That, that's perfect. I mean, that's that's the most reasonable argument I've heard. Like, if 99% of Native Americans were like, yeah, I don't have a problem with it, like, are, then is it like, well, we got to do something about it because... You know, there's that whole argument, that logical fallacy, like, well, if it saves just one person, it's worth it. It's like, no, actually, we don't operate that way, because if we did, no one would drive cars. <laughs> like, thousands of people die, like, every day. We don't say, oh, if, it's just, if, just, if we could just, if it would save one life, it'd be like, well, then we wouldn't even do anything. We'd just live in, like, bubbles, and nothing would ever happen. So, well, what, what, say- what is the impetus upon, like, which you say, you know what, it doesn't matter like what is actually like I think Chief Wah is an interesting case because it's a it's a there are a lot of um analogous things that you can say like, well no, this is clearly, you know, stereotyping and we're you know, as a society we're kind of against that. So like that's fine if you just want to kind of speak around the issue. But if the issue is really just this is a thing that exists and it's offensive to people, therefore we gotta get rid of it because we don't want to be offensive. Well, then what should be the, like the bar at which you say, like, it's just too offensive? But here's my take on it. And I'll say this as a lifelong Indians fan. I've never liked the Chief Wahoo logo, not because it was racist or because I felt guilty about it or any of those things. I just like it is it's kind like, of goofy. I think it's something from another era. It was something that was created, you know, in the what, the 30s and 40s or whenever it yeah. was. And has been kind of really unchanged and perpetuated. And I yeah, look at that. I'm like, look, I get, I get that some people like it as a as a, a symbol for the past. But when they went to the block C, I was like, oh, thank God. Well, I, I have something else I can wear on lame. a hat. Yeah, that's how a lot of people are. But I think that's lame too. <laughs> but the C, you, yeah, you know yeah, my yeah. idea. What the, the spiders? C, the, the no, C is fine. they should just change the name to the Cleveland Tribe and just celebrate Cleveland's multicultural history what's the logo then just to see a bunch of i don't know what the logo would be that that would i like the spiders did you see what i posted on the on the thread i didn't i didn't the oh some great like they they'd actually change the colors a little bit to like it's like black red and and then like an off gray story behind the spiders that's what they used to be called they used to be called the spiders yeah way back back in in the the 1899 1900 turn of the century that'd be interesting yeah, yeah, but spiders like, are cool. I don't. I like the idea of tribe. Honestly, Nate, it's not a bad idea. But anyway, you guys aren't going to take the bait and answer my question. You could give me a number. What's the question? Well, it's just I, like how can how I, do I give you a number? Like you well, can't. Okay, the Indians are no a bad RPM example for because, offensiveness. No, the, the, the Indians are a bad example because, like, I feel like <laughs> we need some uh, offensiveness analytics here, Tom. Well, okay, I'll say I'll put it in your domain, eg. Like I'm reading some things that to me come across as patently ridiculous, where people are saying. I'm not going to go see Black Panther 
because that would be cultural like appropriation or whatever the hell this new neo-Marxist theory is. What? And I'm like, really? Oh, Who's yeah. saying that? By the way, it's it's set to open to 165 million dollars next yes. weekend. So right. I don't think so, I don't think anybody I don't think gonna miss no, no, no. those. No, I'm just saying they don't want to go. An example, like it's not gonna it's not a real thing now. But what if in yeah. five years there's this idea that like no, like black people are gonna be offended if you go see a movie like that, so don't go. And then they take a poll and it's like yeah, like one percent of black people would say that white people shouldn't go see it. Like what's the at what point? Do you as a society say, like, okay, it's more than a plurality. Like, it's a big deal to some group of people that doesn't want something. Therefore, our sensibilities should kick in and we should do something about it. Like, versus, I, I don't know. I just, because I've seen so many things where so many Native American people are like, dude, like, all we wear is, like, redskins and Indians. Like, we actually take pride in it. <laughs> yeah. So, it's like there's more. We of haven't what- been completely wiped out as a people. Well, no, there's more of those people, I feel like, than people that are like, oh, this sets us back and all this stuff. I mean, the high schools on reservations are named like, you know, the Warriors or the Redskins or whatever. And it's like they wear like Washington Redskins jerseys. I don't know. I don't. I don't, I, 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 flamed in the comments. You can just edit this whole section out. But no, I, I just think you're, you're fake newsing a little bit, Tom. Oh, I might. <laughs> I I I want I want uh, cited sources. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, I mean that article that was pro the Indians should have done this a long time ago, and they should probably change the name. You know, brought up the fact that like poll after poll, like it's not like sixty percent don't care. It's like the vast majority are not offended. <laughs> but uh, you know, well, but there's and and there's here's, here's the other side of the it, other side and, of that is the over. The crushing poverty that exists uh, within America's um, Native American populations—they got bigger things to worry about than professional sports logos. So I, I can see where they're coming from. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, yeah, you're right. Yeah. You know, I, I, a lot of that is okay. Let's not deal with real issues, but let's argue about things that are just window dressing. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, <laughs> that got getting- heavy. Jeez, yeah. we're getting long in the tooth. Also, we yeah. are. So I feel like we didn't even cover this game, but you know, we kind of did. Uh, Cavs six guys in double figures tonight, twenty four assists to just seven turnovers, um, forty one rebounds uh, to fifty one by the Thunder. So they get they got beat up on the boards a little bit, but but it was a lot worse earlier. I mean, they were down. They oh, were yeah. the, the 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 what was it? Just ten disparity, but. At one point, it was closer to 20. Yeah. And then uh, 16 for 36 from three versus 11 of 35 for the Thunders. So the Cavs did a good job of defending the line. Fourth fourth straight uh, game, the Cavs have, have hit at least 15 threes. And the 15th yeah. time this year, they've done it. Holding the team under 45% shooting again while they shoot 51% from the field. Um, and like you said, Tom, it just seems like this Cavs team just comes in waves. So Yeah. No, like you said, and I've repeated that you oh, said that. Fake news. I don't. I don't. Fake news. I read it on Deadspin. So, by the way, <laughs> it was interesting, and, I, and this is where I think these players only nights they just don't pay attention to the game. In in that, uh, I think it was was it Brent Barry was the third guy tonight, and he was saying that well, you know, if the you know if OKC hits just a few more of its free throws, uh, this is a different ball game. It's like. 
No, dude. Actually, they made 70% while the Cavs made 63% of theirs. They missed nine of the 30 that they they were awarded, and the Cavs yeah. missed missed eight of the 22 they were, were awarded. So actually, your your logic is flawed. So. <laughs> yeah. So I got two things for you guys real quick. One, do you worry that someone will become like the new JR, kind of the odd man out, like Chetty or Corver? Because it is tough to – I mean, it is – and given what I know about Ty Lue, he's not comfortable running like a 10-man rotation. Like He's going to want like an 8-man rotation. So oh, is there most anyone... teams in the playoffs want that. So Yeah, they want an eight-man rotation, exactly. Uh, yeah, somebody's going to be the odd man out. When Kevin Loves comes back, they're going to be 11 deep. I mean, right, yeah. I'd, my hope would be that it would be Tristan Thompson because I think he's the worst player on of of all these guys right now. But I'm hoping it's not Jeff Green. I'm hoping it's not Kyle Corver. I'm hoping it's not Chetty. I'm hoping, but I think you're hitting too. on the. I, I, mean, I think you're hitting on the guys that it most likely will be. I think it'll yeah. be Chetty because he's still a rookie. Because look, that was the pretty. I mean, yeah, he he, he definitely got run by a few times by uh, by Paul George tonight. But Lou really didn't go back to him much in the in the second half. Um, you know, he only played 15 minutes, and I mean, you can tell. I mean, look, his excuse will be, "Well, he's a rookie," and. We you know we really wanted to win the game and it's like oh, that's fine, but yeah it seems like Chetty uh, and Corver will be I mean Corver only got eight minutes tonight because um, he's got a lot of guys who plays play his position and yeah you know and I would I, I think Nate I think you're right too I think especially when Love comes back I think Thompson could very easily be the guy getting the getting the short end of the minutes or maybe out of the rotation completely if, I just if he can't hope it isn't Nance because I feel like it won't is, be it it won't be it won't be Nance. It won't be Nance. I don't think it'll be green. I think these guys are too they, they feed too much into uh what the Cavs have as a strength, yeah. which is length, athleticism and ability to you know play to be two way players. I mean, I think you, you that's the thing. To to stay in this in this rotation, you're gonna have to be a two way player. Yeah. You know? And if you're not a two way player, you're you're gonna get your minutes cut. Yeah. Totally. Well, uh any parting shots, Tom? Any parting shots, E. G. I saw the rest of uh Godfather Part two. Oh <laughs> yeah. So good, wasn't it, Tom? It was it was heavy. Yeah, it, it was good. Heavy. It mean, was really good. It's I, depressing. It it's is depressing. interesting. Like I used to watch the Sopranos, and people would say, "Like, oh, it's so interesting. You got sort of like an anti-hero." You know, it's like I never really thought. I don't know. I, I thought honestly, James Gandolfini's character Tony Soprano was more pathetic than anything, really. Yeah. And I literally like find myself gut check like, wow, I kind of am pulling for all the Corleones, but they're yeah. like terrible people <laughs> so right exactly but but i guess it's more because you see like the fall from grace you don't just like pop in and it's like they're here killing people it's like you definitely they you know that movie does a great job of showing that these people were kind of brought up by the environment they were in you know i mean yeah, yeah they had they made choices and they had to suffer the consequences of choice. i think that's what's so great about it is like Ultimately, they made their own bed and they had to lie in it. And it's very powerful, the juxtaposition of the scene in two where he's talking to his mother 
and she says surprised that she's surprised and says to him like well that doesn't make sense you can't lose your family and then the way it ends is just kind of incredible to me and it was an interesting commentary on that time in american history where if you think of the mafia as the ultimate um embodiment of like a patriarchy um you know, Michael, for as powerful as he was, he didn't even have control over his own family, you know? Yeah. Um, but just seeing that and seeing, like, the young Vito, and you just feel like, man, this guy's not really doing anything wrong. In fact, maybe he's even, like, trying to help people, and he's just trying to be strong for his family or whatever. But, you know, slowly they kind of fell down into depravity, you know? And it's... Yeah. Power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no, and and to me, I mean, the scene where um, between Kay and Michael, uh, where Diane Keaton, you know, tells him that she didn't have a miscarriage, she had an abortion, is like to me, like the most probably to me the one of the most powerful scenes I've ever seen in a movie. And yeah, I felt like yeah. someone was like choking me during that yeah. scene. I, it was so powerful. I was just like, Oh yeah. My and God. Diane Keaton, you know, I think she's a total flake now, but to me, that's possibly, that's one of the greatest film scenes I've ever seen. Like just yeah. how powerful and well done. And you are just so in the moment there. Yeah. One of the yeah. greatest sequels, uh, in film history. Oh, yeah, possibly right the up, greatest. Right episode. up there with Mortal Kombat Annihilation. <laughs> and Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> and Star Trek II Wrath of Khan. <laughs> and Mortal Kombat. And, and, <laughs> and, teenage... breaking two, and Breaking 2 Electric Boogaloo. Teenage Mutant Ninjas 2 Secret of the Ooze. Secret of the Ooze. There you go, Nate. <laughs> that movie was actually good, though. That's the one that uh, Vanilla Ice singing Go Turtle. Go Turtle. Yeah. Go Turtle. Go Turtles. Go. 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 So go Cavs. Go Cavs. Go Cavs. Go Cavs. Okay. Go. Ichi, go. anything you want to pitch, or is that a good note to end it on? That's a good note to end on, I think. I don't know that you're going to. I can't follow that. <laughs> go Cavs. Go Cavs. Go, go Cavs. Thank you for listening to Cavs the Blogs podcast. Check back soon for some more fun with your favorite blogger. There's a fire. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done.